What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Badgers. We're going to talk today running back recruiting. Is this the best running back recruiting haul since forever? We're going to talk about that and more. A ton of your comments on today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to another episode of Lockdown Badgers. I'm your host, Ryan Herrings. Uh, you may notice a different graphics outlay if you're watching this on YouTube. It's because I couldn't get uh, the Canva to work today, my, my graphics package to work. But listen, like Lupe Fiasco said, the show must go on. And here we are going on. Um, I want to talk running back recruiting today. So something, and you may notice up on my whiteboard here, Melvin Gordon was a better college running back than Saquon Barkley. Yes. Just stop with the nonsense folks. And when I say folks, I'm talking the rest of the Big Ten, the rest of the college football ecosystem. I don't want to get up too much on a segue here on a tangent, but I was arguing slash discussing. Is there ever real discussion on Twitter? It's just more arguing into the the empty pit of the internet void. But I was talking on Twitter about uh, how Melvin Gore was a better college back than Barkley. He just was. And I swear you put the numbers up and Big Ten fans, they have either haven't watched Melvin Gordon or they have, they believe that Wisconsin had a great offense and Melvin Gordon wasn't carrying everything. Like one guy literally made the point, well, Saquon Barkley had to carry everything for Penn State. What do you think Melvin Gordon was doing and Jonathan Taylor was doing for Wisconsin? Are you kidding me? Um, it's just nonsense. And then they say, well, it's just a touches thing. Melvin Gordon had better numbers because he got more touches. He had better numbers because he averaged 7.5 yards per carry. Saquon Barkley never averaged more than 5.9. Let, let's just be honest with ourselves. Like Saquon can be a better NFL prospect. He obviously was. He was picked higher. But Melvin Gordon was the better college running back stop. I mean, the, we did a whole show on Melvin Gordon. He had the second best running back season in the history of college football. And people never acknowledge it. It drives me absolutely, absolutely bananas. The man ran for 2,700 yards. Like, what are we talking about here? He had 408 and three quarters against a real team. Like, what are we doing? Like, no, Saquon Barkley, who averaged 5.9 yards per carry and 1,200 rushing yards is his last season, was not a better college running back than Melvin Gordon, period. Stop. Oh, goodness gracious. You're going to get me all fired up here. Um, anyway, let's let's talk running back recruiting. Now, I, listen, I, I don't think that was a completely crazy segue, considering we are talking running back recruiting today. So obviously with Dylan Jones on board, Darian Dupree, getting the Tuca, I was looking at composite rankings and I was kind of wondering just from a recruiting standpoint, obviously not from, not from a talent standpoint necessarily, because none of these guys are probably going to be as good as Melvin Gordon, Jonathan Taylor, right? There's better running backs that have gone through Wisconsin than almost certainly what Darian Dupree or Dylan Jones or Gideon and Tuca are going to be. That's not a knock on them. It's just that guys like Melvin Gordon and Dane and Taylor, and, and others are, are one of ones. Those are one offs. But just from a recruiting standpoint, how big of gets these players were, how highly ranked they were, is this the best recruiting class Wisconsin has gotten in the internet age? Since, since recruiting was really being followed, since it developed into this cottage industry with people sitting around huddle films and, you know, like talking about clips and, and subscribing to recruiting sites, is this the best running back recruiting class Wisconsin has, has had in the internet rankings? I think it is. Like I, I went back and I, I will do a deeper dive in this, but I went back to 2012, just looking at different classes, uh, different composites, every, every running back, the offer lists, 
Um, let's just start with Dylan Jones, who by himself coming in at a 92.97 composite is the fourth highest rated tailback in the internet era. That's Prev and Flood, by the way. Definitely want to give credit where credit is deserved. So he alone is the fourth highest running back in our rankings era. I think Corey Clement was higher. Um, I, I have a list. I think Jalen Berger was a little higher. Uh, I'd have to go back. Maybe Melvin Gordon was the other one. Um, but then you have another guy, right, in Darian Dupree, who's a borderline four-star. In most most years, Darian Dupree would be – he's one of the highest – also one of the highest-ranked running back recruits we've, we've gotten. You know, so you have two of them in one class, and he's throwing in a composite 87 with Gideon Atuka. Like, there's not another class that matches up to this. There's just not. There's a couple classes that individually have a higher composite ranking, but those classes are just classes with one guy, right? Jalen Berger in 2020. Uh, Corey Clement in 2013, Vontae Jackson in 2012. Those those classes had a higher composite ranking than this one, but it's because they just had one guy who was a low four-star. And, and by the way, like Wisconsin has that four-star in this class too in Dylan Jones, but they've augmented it with another near four-star guy. The reason I think this is really interesting is twofold. The first one is what what did we talk about? What did fans talk about? What did some lazy media talk about? when Luke Fickle came in and Phil Longo and they said, we are going to revolutionize Wisconsin football. I mean, they didn't say that, but that's what's happening, right? Bringing the air raid. We're going to get rid of fullbacks. The barge is gone. The hippo is gone. By the way, if you're a psycho and you're, you're deep into the badger weeds, you know what the barge and the hippo are. Uh, for those who aren't, the packages were Wisconsin jumbled up. Sorry. I didn't mean, I, I don't want this to be like an elitist thing. Sorry. I didn't mean it like that. Um, if you're the barge was a, a formation where they had James White in the backfield, uh, running back in the backfield, and they just loaded up on offensive linemen. And the hippo is where they put uh, offensive guard in the backfield as a lead blocker, goal line packages. Um, so those those type of things are gone for Wisconsin, and it's it's this is being revolutionized. And what was the concern? What did people talk about? They said, "Hmm, it could work, but." God, how are they going to recruit running backs and offensive line, the staple of Wisconsin, right? The bread and butter. Is that going to be more difficult now? How are they going to do that? Well, they just landed. And this is why one of the reasons I want to talk about this. This was a concern. This was a legitimate concern. How are they going to recruit running backs in an air raid offense when they've been selling be the bell cow, running back you? We're going to give you 300 carries a, a season. That's what they've been selling to, to land these running backs. How are they going to do it in Longo? And they've done it better than they've done it in almost any other year. Think about that. We already knew coming into this Longo era, quarterback recruiting was going to go up, 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 right? Receiver recruiting was going to go up, 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 up. DB recruiting with Fickle and Trestle, we knew, and what they did at Cincinnati was going to go up, 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 up. But we didn't know about other positions like linebacker, which, by, by the way, linebacker is still a bit of a wait and see. All right, we don't know yet. But offensive line, linebacker, um, running back, these are positions where people thought, well, maybe – Wisconsin takes a step at these other spots, but they go down at running back. They don't recruit as well at offensive line. Well, we talked about offensive line quite a bit last um, last show. They did really well this cycle. I don't know if you have to worry about that. And now you're looking at running backs. They're like, golly, they knocked it out of the park in running backs too. That was one of our concerns. Doggone it. That was one of the things we were worried about, right? And they knocked it out of the park. And you know they've already upgraded at quarterback, receiver, defensive back. Now, if they're upgrading at running back, we they did really well at offensive line. They kept a four-star tight end. God, man, is it just defensive line and maybe linebacker? That's a question mark. But even linebacker, you know, Heiberger is a guy a lot of people like. And uh, Lafayette is a four-star continuing that pipeline. Landon Gothier is a really solid recruit. So maybe they're just holding, holding par at linebacker with what the previous staffs had done. It's just really interesting. The other running back thing that's interesting to me, and the other reason I kind of want to talk about this, is that, you know, the previous staff 
made a lot of hay, and I want to be careful how I word this as I try to refocus my camera. The previous staff made a lot of hay off a couple of huge hits at the running back spot, which they get credit for, by the way. Like Jonathan Taylor was obviously one of the great recruiting hits in Wisconsin history, right? A high three-star composite, low four-star in the 247 ratings, and became one of the greatest running backs in college football history. Give them credit for that. Uh, Melvin Gordon, you know, a couple of these, Braylon Allen. But in, in between those was really pretty poor running back recruiting, which is hard to say, right? Because it's almost like saying, yeah, in between some of the greatest running backs ever, they didn't recruit really well. Well, you know, okay, maybe you cut them some slack. But Wisconsin was for a period there just um, an injury to Jonathan Taylor or, or someone else away from not having a lot at running back, right? Here's here's some of the running backs from 2014 on. Taiwan Deal, Caleb Kinlaw, Serge Trezzi, who, by the way, uh, Ryan Idlers was was talking about this today. Um, really good dude over at Badger Notes. Uh, he's in the Discord. And he brought up Serge Trezzi. And I was like, ah, I always wanted Trezzi to, to, to break out. I always thought he was. Uh, Bradrick Shaw, Sam Brodner, remember him? Nakia Watson, Julius Davis, Jalen Berger, Loyal Crawford, Antoine Roberts. A lot of misses there. The running back recruiting was very, very hit or miss. Very, very boom or bust for the previous coaching staff. So, I think maybe the idea that they recruited running back so well, uh, probably not as accurate as it as as this, the numbers bear out, and the idea that we might struggle with this new staff clearly not the case. Um, so I was really interested to chop it up, but yeah, this this potentially is the best just from a recruiting's ranking standpoint. Again, to be careful how I word this, the best recruiting hall in the internet rankings era for Wisconsin, which is pretty remarkable. All right, coming up. We're going to talk a lot about some of your comments, get into um, recruiting thoughts, get into which running back fits in better ways, um, talk more about Hawaii, talk about potentially catching Ohio State. A lot coming up on Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at FanDuel. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash Lockdown, America's number one sports book, the easiest, simplest, quickest paying sports book anywhere on the market and with baseball going on uh planet races are heating up this is an incredible time to get started with FanDuel take your first swing at betting uh on Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first amount in bonus bets up to $200 that's right just bet 20 bucks that's $200 in bonus bets win or lose that's $200 you can spend on everything from the money line to over-unders to who you think's going to hit the first home run and hint it's going to be Ronald Acuna duh all that on app that's safe secure easy to use plus when you win, you get paid out instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Also a great place for futures. I talk about the Wisconsin Badgers having plus 1,900 on FanDuel for a futures bet undefeated regular season. Listen, just get through Ohio State and you're good to go. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. I do want to take a quick second to say thank you for everybody tuning in. Really do appreciate it. Uh, and let's just keep talking. I wanted to get a bunch of your comments in here. Uh, talk about what's going on with uh, your thoughts. Because, again, we're better when the community gets involved. So once a week, once every other week, I like to kind of take a big fishing net to the YouTube comment section. Trawl that sucker up. Drop it on the the, the boat surface, the deck there. And just, just pick through it. Let's see what we caught in the fishing net. Um, I don't know if that analogy works. It makes it sound like you guys are in the dregs of the ocean, which is not true. Anyway, I'm going to stop this analogy. We're going to take comments. Let's go. Uh, Bucky 63 says, uh, by the way, it is one o'clock Eastern here, uh, one o'clock central AM. So this is definitely badgers after dark. Um, Bucky 63 says lived in Hawaii for three years. Loved it. Glad we are recruiting Hawaiian kids. They're hard workers, really talented. 
yeah, the whole, the Hawaiian pipeline is working for Wisconsin. And one of the fascinating things with this, this is Brian Smith talked about this on the recruiting show, and I had never put this together, right? But he said, because I always get people to say, that's so weird that Hawaiian kids go to Madison. You know, why aren't they going to Oregon, Washington? Some do. Let, let's, let's be honest. It's not like every kid goes to Madison from Hawaii. Um, but he said it. What do, what do Hawaiian families like? What do, what do people in the islands like? They like food. They like togetherness. They like hospitality. They like football. They like toughness. That's Wisconsin people, right? I mean, it's not Minnesota people, but it's Wisconsin people. That, that's that's Wisconsin in a nutshell. Like food, hospitality, family, toughness. Check, check, check. It makes sense culturally. It's actually a really interesting fit. Um, so, uh, if once you get over the weather factor, which quite frankly I think is overblown, you're not playing football in January and February. Yes, it's a little. Yes, it's colder. I get it. It's you're not playing in a maelstrom every game. So I think that's a little overrated. It's it's interesting to me. I thought that was a really interesting take from Brian. Um, let's keep going here. This is from Mr. Tay. Um, those Hawaiian Badgers always tend to be one of the best on the team. Hungry, have a huge work ethic. You know, I was thinking about this. Where did that pipeline start? Was it um, Micah Kapoi, right? The offensive lineman coming over. Then you had Olive, Olive Sagapolo. Um, no, Sagapolo wasn't from Hawaii, right? Someone correct me. I think he he was from California. No, 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 no. It was Kapoi. Kapoi. Micah Kapoi was from Hawaii. Sagapolo was from California. So I think, yeah, Micah was probably the start of that pipeline, right? And then you ended up getting um, Dick Herbig, and now you have Tretch in here, and now you have uh, Lafayette. And hopefully that thing just keeps going because there's more, there's, there's a lot of talent on the islands, especially in St. Louis High School. A lot of players come out of that. So it's a good pipeline to be into. Uh, CYKO Black. I don't know if I got the name right, said uh, Jones is the traditional back while Dupree is the all-purpose back that can you put in the slot or the flanker. I'm um, talking about Dylan Jones and Darian Dupree. Yeah, I think it's really well said. I think Dylan Jones is bigger. He's a big frame kid. Like when you see him on film, he looks big. Uh, he looks like a guy who can play at 215, 220, run between the tackles. Uh, he does a lot between the tackles, by the way. Sierra, so he has kind of that build and that mindset. And then Dupree is just a nightmare. I mean, Dupree is... One of the things Justin said is Dupree reminds him of a little bigger Nate White type of prospect. I think that's a really interesting comp because he is so good on the edges, so good in open field, so so difficult to bring down. Uh, I think they have different skill sets. I think uh, CY put it really well here. Um, this is from Timothy Palm. All Talking about all the in-state recruiting stuff, who would you rather have, uh, Corey Smith or anyone, Atuka, Dupree, or Jones? I want to pause it. That's an interesting one. Because we've, we've talked about the angst with in-state recruiting. I've talked about it. Uh, it's been pretty well reported. I think most people that follow the show understand that the recruitments for Corey Smith and Donovan Harbor kind of ceased, right? Um, the, the staff stopped going after them. But the, let's say that wasn't the case. How would you rank Corey Smith in this group of running backs? So, I, I, listen, I got to be honest. I thought Corey Smith's film was great. Okay, so when we first saw him, we first talked about him on the show. We talked, I think, with John Garcia about him. Brian Smith really likes him. Um, I think his film was great. I would put him right at that top tier with Dupree and Jones. I would probably go Dupree. Oh, and then Jones and Smith is probably like a, a, kind of a bit of a tie for me. Uh, I think they're all really high upside guys. Um, Corey Smith is also kind of a three-down player, physical, pretty fast, can catch the ball. Good, good enough size. He's not quite as big as Dylan Jones, but I, I like all three of those a lot. I like Gideon Atuka a lot. I would so I'd probably go Darren Dupree, Dylan, and Corey are about the same to me, and then Atuka right behind them is how I'd rank that. But curious where everyone is on that one. That it's an interesting discussion where you would rank 
Corey Smith if he had been a take with this running back group that Wisconsin brought in. And just to extend that, where would you rank Don and Harbor? Where would you put Harbor amidst the five Wisconsin offensive linemen that they got? He certainly wouldn't be number one for me. Uh, I think Kevin Haywood's number one for me. I, I think I like Corey more. I like Jensen a lot. Uh, uh, Mandel, too. I don't know where Harbor would fit. Harbor might be three or four for me in that group, I think. All right, let's talk. Uh, keep going here. Alien Space, we we're talking about how high this, – this was out of a discussion regarding how high Wisconsin can get in the Big Ten in terms of recruiting rankings. And, you know, we're talking could they catch Penn State, Michigan – and then Alien Space, you know, obviously just said Ohio State is unreal right now. Um, five stars on 16 of their 18 commits are four or five stars. They're just slapping the conference. Yeah, there's no catching Ohio State for Wisconsin. The key is can you firmly establish yourself in that four or five spot in the conference? You have to recruit. Can you out-recruit Iowa, Nebraska, occasionally Penn State, Michigan? I don't think – are you ever going to recruit USC, out-recruit USC for Wisconsin? I doubt it. I really do. There's so much talent in that area where USC is located, an incredible amount of talent. And now they're coming into a conference, which is going to give them even more resources, even more money, even more prestige. I don't, you're not going to recruit USC, I don't think, but Penn State, Michigan occasionally, I think that's possible. And at, at the, the basement, you have to be right at the top of that next year and you can't be that far behind, but yeah, you're never catching Ohio State. Yeah, Alien Space is correct. They are just crushing it. Uh, Jay Charles said, I love the show. Thank you for your hard work. The high school in Hawaii is St. Louis, not East St. Louis. The later is in Illinois. Yeah, that's that's on me. For for several shows referring to the powerhouse in Hawaii, I was saying East St. Louis. It is St. Louis. And I appreciate people pointing that out to me. Um, I definitely strive to get everything right. I definitely do not. So, no, yeah, I appreciate um, Jay Charles. Someone else had mentioned it to me as well. But, yeah, I appreciate you guys helping me out on that to make sure I'm, I'm correct. Um, I usually, I, I think I do pretty good, but I definitely get some stuff wrong. So I appreciate that. All right, we're going to take a quick break for uh, friends of the show. Come back. We get a bunch more stuff, including, uh, is there um, a McCarthy, Cade McNamara comparison for Locke and Nick Evers? Is that something we can talk about? Plus continue talking about uh, what the previous staff might've done and how much higher this ceiling is with the staff coming up next on Lockdown Badgers. But first a quick break for our friends of the show. I want to say thank you for everybody tuning into this. I really do appreciate it. Um, yeah, as we just continue to build this community, I'm very grateful for anybody allowing this to be a small part of their day. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. Uh, let's keep going here. Commandant Clink, the great Commandant Clink, one of the great fans of the show. Um, really, really sharp too, by the way. I think we get smarter when he comments. He said, no question that Evers has great physical tools, but can he make the proper reads? And is he accurate with his throws? We'll determine if he plays. I am not a fan of having a package for a quarterback. So this came out of a show we did with Cannon. We talked about, you know, we talked about Evers versus Locke um, and the possibility that Phil Longo may have a package for, for a guy like Nick Evers, who is a dynamic athlete. I think everybody agrees he has the athletic tools to be the best player in this room if everything else comes along. Um, I agree with comment on this one. I am also not a big fan of two quarterback packages, and I don't think Longo is either. Like, I just – I don't see that as something he would do. If Locke's a better quarterback, I don't see him taking Locke out, bringing Evers in to try to run a – and I'm not – this is not me crushing on Cannon. I certainly – these packages exist for a reason. Quarterbacks – our offensive coordinators have done this. I just don't see it happening, um, mostly because I think Longo has enough weapons outside of the quarterback that he would just rather get the ball in his receivers or running backs' hands and not bring in Evers to do it. I think you bring in your, your athletic backup quarterback – 
when you don't have any other athletes on the field, right? When you have to, when you have to substitute in, in a way to make up for athletic deficiencies in other areas. And I don't think those deficiencies are going to exist on the roster this year for the Badgers. So I don't see that, but I could be wrong. Uh, this is from Jeff Ferris. He says, to use a Michigan analogy, Locke is your Cade McNamara, but Evers is your J.J. McCarthy. Hmm. Jeff, man, I appreciate it. Um, listen, if here, here's the truth of it, right, in my opinion. The truth, in my opinion, if Evers hits on the ceiling, he is he is the Mac, uh, McCarthy, right? He, he, he is that dude. He is that dude that gets to the playoffs if he hits on the ceiling. And uh, McCarthy, to this point, to his credit, has delivered on a lot of his promise, whereas Evers, and Evers is young, 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 right? So the book is not shut on him. That 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 chapter is not written. But up to this point, Evers hasn't been able to, sh- to, to, to be that guy, right? Again, very young, lots of time. The book is not written, but yeah, I can see, I can see the analogy. I think I'm higher on Locke. I think he bring, I think he can be better than McNamara. Uh, honestly, I think he's probably a little better arm, um, but also maybe a little more mobile as well. But listen, if Kate McNamara is not a bad college quarterback, right? And if that's what Locke becomes, that's better than a lot of college quarterbacks ever do. So I'm not super down on on the Locke to McNamara comparison, but I think Locke is probably a little bit better. Greg Lincecum said, we always used to get the Clyde Steels. Now we're getting the thoroughbreds. Let's go, Greg. Um, by the way, today, if anyone saw Phil Longo sent a tweet out of a horse running, you know, a big thoroughbred basically running, saying, I can't wait to get these thoroughbreds on campus. Um, yeah, it's, it's well said, Greg. We are definitely upgrading on skill all over the field, skill and speed and athletes. And I, I don't know how you can argue that. It, that's definitely happening. Now, we have to see them on the field, and they have to keep this recruiting class together. There's a lot of ifs, ifs ands, and buts, but they've they've upgraded the the edges. Uh, I think that's pretty obvious. Uh, Tom Salemi says zero percent. Leonard will be doing. Fickle is doing. Not a chance in hell. Yeah, not, I, I so I agree with that, and I don't even think it's a knock on Jim Leonard, right? Like Luke Fickle has been an established head coach for a while. Uh, he's, he has a playoff berth in his belt. Luke Fickle wasn't doing this when he first started at Cincinnati, is my point. It would be unfair to expect Jim Leonard to recruit at the level of Luke Fickle. Now, where would Jim Leonard be in five years? That would be the better comparison, right? Because it, it Luke Fickle has, is established. He's got notoriety. He's got national name recognition. He, that, By the way, that name recognition allows him to bring in a guy like Phil Longo, who then Phil Longo, you tip that domino, and that's the domino that tips into Tanner Mordecai and, and Evers and Locke and Bryson Green and all these other offensive talents. So, yeah, I, I agree with the point here, Tom, 100%. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily a fair expectation to think that that Leonard should be doing what Luke Fickle's doing. Um, I don't know, just my thoughts there. MB Anderson says, huge get, talking about running backs. Uh, freshmen can be immediate impact running backs. That's true. Uh, that's 100% true. Happens all over college football in regards to Chris. He recruited better than a lot. Give him credit for. Uh, if Mertz pans out, it could have been a lot different. Yeah. I, the Chris thing is weird, right? Yes, he did recruit better than people give him credit for. I think that's true. But the way it ended just leaves such a sour note that people just get frustrated with it, right? The, the lack of attention to detail, the inability to set up a recruiting department, the, you know, just... The way it ended is because here's the thing you like you when you watch a movie, you remember the beginning, you remember the trailer and you remember the end. 
right? And the end of the Christ regime just, it left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth. Um, but that is it. in no way to take shots at the previous staff. They did recruit better than people give them credit for. Uh, Mertz was an incredible get. If you go back to the recruiting rankings, I mean, Mertz is one of the great recruiting wins in in program history. That's a Paul Christ win. That, that notch goes on his belt. So it is a good point. I agree with it. Um, but again, it's just the way it ended, right? It just people have a hard time forgetting that. Let's see. Let's keep going here. Uh, this is another Mertz question. This is from, I don't remember, Landon. Landon said this. I'd love to hear your perspective on this question. Do you think Mertz would succeed in this offense when having his receivers play in space? I believe the decision-making gets easier. He would be better. <laughs> like, let's be real here. Like, Mertz would absolutely be better in this offense. 100%. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, like, I, I use the word ecosystem drink on the this show a lot. Like, offensive ecosystem. Because I believe everything has to work together offensively. Much more than defensively. Uh, even though there's an ecosystem on that side as well. But, like no quarterback he had a different quarterbacks coach every single year right the 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 play calling was was passed around like a hot potato and i don't even think they knew exactly uh, nobody could figure out what was going on at one point he was running to the sideline to get a play and running back on the field like it was jv football like yeah a hundred percent he would be better in this offense 100 percent phil longa would make a better more efficient passing game around him he has more weapons he would have more weapons now he would have more dynamic play calling he would have more balance um, they rarely did play action, even when they were running really well with Braylon Allen. So, yes, 100%. But, again, it's a low bar, right? When we say would Mertz um, succeed in this offense, yeah, he would. Uh, would he succeed to the level of a Tanner Mordecai? I don't think so. I think Mertz, listen, as much as I say ecosystem means everything plays a part, right? Maybe that's the best way to just go back to ecosystem. Mertz also played a role in this. Like, he, again, not great with pressure, not great with decision-making. Uh, would those things get easier in this offense? Yes, but he still has some inherent issues there. So would he be better? Absolutely. Would he be a great Big Ten quarterback? I still kind of doubt it. I just think there's some decision-making and processing that is missing there. And I don't think he has an elite arm either. That's that's the other thing that, what's the carrying tool for Graham Mertz? Because it's a good arm. I don't think it's a great arm. It's He, he can really lay it in there, but accuracy has issues. Um, not overly mobile. You know, he can move, but he's he's not an elite athlete. So I don't I think that's part of the issue is I don't think he's a carrying tool, which in baseball, again, if you have a carrying tool, you have 80 speed or 80 power or a 97 mile an hour fastball. I just I think Mertz had a 95 mile an hour fastball and then was also put in a system that didn't help him. So I think there was there's some issues on each side. David Taylor said um, Dylan Johnson appears to be criminally underrated. The defensive tackle. I could definitely like. <sighs> For, for a guy who carries the weight that well and is a wrestler, I, I, it is interesting that he doesn't have more recruiting hype, right? I think there's a world where he develops into a really disruptive interior defense alignment. I think he has a floor, a high floor, as a, a guy who's going to be incredibly stout in the middle of the field, be hard to, to move around, to be hard to run on. Um, yeah, I think he probably is underrated. The only question I have, and I talked about this watching his film, is I don't know if he has the great burst and get off. That, that's the question I would have, but I don't feel like I've seen enough of his film to say one way or the other. But yeah, I, David, I appreciate the comment. I, he could definitely be an underrated guy there. Um, let's finish up with one more comment here. This is from Mark Benson. Good wrestlers on the D-line go all the way back to Tim uh, Tim Crumry from Wisconsin, played at the UW, and then played for the Bengals when they're Super Bowl worthy. Mark, man, thank you for the comment. I had no idea Crumry was a wrestler. I, I really honestly did not know that. It's before my time, so... 
Um, no, I got smarter from that one. I appreciate it, Mark. Anyway, on Wisconsin, I really do appreciate y'all. Great show. We got a bunch coming up this week. We'll obviously have Brian Smith. We'll get Rajiv on. Uh, we got another new guest that I'm trying to work in. We got a couple coaches coming on talking about uh, 247, our 2024 commits, talking about their guys. Uh, high school coaches, by the way, not Badgers coaches. So we got a lot coming up this week. Um, hope to hope to have you here for all of it on Wisconsin, and let's keep it going.